0: Hey there Growlers fans, this has been a good week and I am ready to talk about it. Welcome into Growler Talk, I'm Lucas Moore, sitting next to me is Brian McLaughlin. We are in Mequon, Wisconsin, on the road again, second straight podcast done away from Kalamazoo. It was the off day yesterday, Um, this is being recorded on a Tuesday morning. The lone off day of the season thus far happened yesterday after two wins in Lakeshore, Mequon, just outside of where Lakeshore plays. And then we'll be heading to Green Bay today for a two-game series against the Bullfrogs. But it was a great week. Brian, you and I said that this week was going to be a 5-2 and two week. You and I both predicted 5-2 and two at the beginning of this week on the last podcast, and the Growlers turned it into a 6-1 and one week, winning the last six games of that week. I mean, as far as weeks go, It's about as good as it gets.
1: Yeah, it's hard to top it right now. They're playing really good baseball. Both sides pitching defensively has been really good ever since that one rough Rockford game. And then the bats have really started to pick it up, especially these last couple games yesterday, or rather Sunday. They scored 12 runs here in Lakeshore. The bats are really clicking. This lineup is deep, and they are really starting to put it all together on the field right now and looking dangerous and what's turning into going to be, I think, a really good race in this South Division.
0: It was a dramatic middle of the week, though. You had back-to-back walk-off wins by the man, Nico Cavanas. I'm sure we're going to talk about him a little bit when we announce our players of the week. But two walk-off wins, three to two victories against both the Woodchucks and the Rafters. Those were huge catalysts that brought the team together, it felt like, and then it propelled them to three easy wins on the back side of the week. A 7 to nothing win against the Rapids. Then a 5-1 to win against Lakeshore in the 12-8 win you were mentioning. That 12-8 win, four runs, really they were up 12-2 and they kind of cruised to a victory in that one.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. This group really kind of on those walk-off wins was exciting and then all of a sudden they've last couple games won a little bit easier, but those walk-off wins could be a point in the season when you look back and are just like, that's the point where this team figured it out and realized how good they are. Nico Cavadas, the two big hits, really gave the – Growler's the push they needed, and he continues to rake at the plate. And this team is figuring it out in all facets right now. And um, those, I think that, that series and those two walk-off wins from the Woodchucks then against the Rafters is really going to be a turning point in this season. And not that they weren't playing well before that, they were, but that's the point where really the full team was basically all here and they were now have won, reeled off six straight wins. I think that's going to be a major point to look back throughout this season.
0: Yeah, 14-6 is their record right now. One game back of first place in the South Division. That 14-6 and six record, they are on pace for a 50-22 and 22 season, which would be by far and away the best season in Growlers history and, and most definitely secure them a playoff spot and probably even in a home game in the playoffs if they're able to finish on pace to what they're doing early in this season. And wouldn't that be fun for fans at Homer Stryker Field in the fifth season of Growlers baseball to have a playoff game in front of the home crowd
1: no doubt about it that would be electric a great atmosphere we already see these fans show out on friday saturday nights and throughout the week as well i can't even imagine what homer striker field would be like on a weekend night if it's a home game through or it's probably going to be a midweek game in that playoff week but that would be a great atmosphere and just be a amazing time for fans and really just kind of They've never had that success in Kalamazoo before, and they're starting to realize right now how good this team can be. So I think that that's going to be an exciting moment if they are able to make the playoffs and even host a home game.
0: Over the last seven days, it's not much negatives to talk about. A 2.0 team ERA, a 2.02 batting average against, just fantastic. A 3.06 team batting average, a 4.71 team slugging percentage that included six home runs on the week, 3.78 on base percentage over this last week, there are almost no negatives from these last seven days, but I'm going to ask you to do the impossible. If there's one thing from this past week that the Growlers need to improve on to make sure that this continues throughout the whole season, what would it be?
1: Well, for the first time, there are a few hiccups. Pitching Derek Carr, a rough start. A few days ago, they ended up giving up eight runs throughout that game. And so I think that they were, for the majority, really good pitching. There were just a few moments where it just looked a little bit rough.
0: And we can't forget the beginning of the week on the Monday, that five-air debacle against Rockford, in which the ball was booted all around the field. That one was a rough game to watch. But since that point, they showed an ability to bounce back. Um, they showed ability to refocus, and a lot of the new guys came in, which is a big-time positive. Joey Loperfido came in, had a 7-for-12 week. You and I have been talking about him all season. He came in and did exactly what we expected him to do, which was be a very productive bat, in the middle of the order. You'd like to see Joey show some a little more power into the gaps, though. A couple of bleeding singles within it as he's getting adjusted.
1: No doubt about it. And I think he was starting to hit the ball really hard these last couple days here in Mequon, Wisconsin against Lakeshore. First couple days was just getting his feet wet here in the Northwoods League, getting used to using the wooden bat again after a season, using the aluminum bats or the metal bats. And just I think he's starting to figure it back out again, getting his self-adjusted, maybe knocking off a little bit of playing at Duke and just adjusting to a new atmosphere and a new team. He's starting to hit the ball hard. We'll see if he starts to drive the ball a little more for extra base hits. But at this point, you like what you see. Sticking him right away in the three holes worked out so far in these last couple days. That middle of the order, the combination of Perfito and Cavadas has been unstoppable and putting up big numbers. Jonathan
0: Voster, a big week as well. Two home runs, batted three sixty four on the week. The addition from Florida State has been fantastic.
1: There's no doubt he was... Really good, showing off some great power and a good defensive ability behind the plate. You really like what you have right now at catcher with both Brendan Rivoli and Jonathan Foster splitting the time back there. They both can do it on both sides of the ball. Rivoli, as good of a pitch receiver, I think, as we've seen. And then Foster has a great arm back there behind the plate and then a couple home runs. Those two are going to be really useful throughout the rest of this season that they can both play in valuable games. And I think that's something that's very important as they manage this pitching staff. And then Foster, as you said, those two home runs were big. He had the two-run home run, most recently against Lakeshore. They kind of put them out on top early, so that was a really good sign that he's able to come in and just hit right away.
0: And then I think the smoothest middle infield in the league possibly now belongs to the Growlers, Ivan Johnson at shortstop. He had a great week at the plate, 320 batting average. He's on an eight-game hit streak. And then you've got Kamen Richardson, who's been slotting in at second base from Virginia. He had a good week at the plate, 417 batting average of 5 for 12, had an RBI, hit a triple But them up the middle, we saw a couple double plays against Lakeshore. It looked smooth as it could be. Iman Johnson as Jordan Cayman-Richardson at second.
1: Yeah, really quick hands for both of them up the middle. Strong arms. And as you said, it's hard to see any flaws really in their defensive game right now. They both... Are really smooth. Both are. Well, they
0: both look like high-level Division One shortstops, no doubt. And just one of them has to play second base, so you've got a high-level Division One shortstop roaming second base, and that just makes any hit to the right side. It feels like Cameron Richardson is sucking up like a vacuum.
1: He made a great backhanded play at one point yesterday. Just threw his glove down and got a nice little short hop that Ivan Johnson was laughing with him about in the middle of the game. But it just looked so easy, where he just flicked the glove up in the air and made the play, and it just was, wow, this guy can really play. And then those two double plays, Ivan turned a couple 6-3 himself, just stepping on the bag. But then there was one where he fielded it, dropped down to a knee, flipped it over to Richardson, and then the quick turn strong throw for a smooth double play. Really is fun to watch.
0: And those two have so much fun together on the field. We saw them laughing to each other in between plays, and yet great focus, a lot of great defensive shifts from Connor McCloud and Zane Gonzalez on the coaching staff. I mean, those guys are just doing a great job. Really impressed with the fielding. We would be remiss to mention, though, Ivan Johnson's most significant stat from the week. Five bats thrown by Ivan Johnson. Unintentionally, not out of frustration, but just swinging through baseballs and letting go of the bat. Have to mention those five that happened throughout the week. Five. Five times. Two Two from the left side of the plate. Three from the right side of the plate.
1: I mean, he's very, he talked about just being relaxed at the plate, trying to have a relaxed grip of the bat. And just that, I, I don't know at this point if it's a mental thing, but it's definitely something to follow along. I don't think it'll continue. I think he's probably going to figure it out. Well, it hasn't affected his hitting. I mean, no, he's, he's hitting 320 over the last week. He's still hitting very well, seeing the ball well at the plate. And he's attacking, and it doesn't seem to be letting it bother him right now. And I think he'll figure something out to just kind of cut down on that and you wonder if it's maybe the particular bat that he's using or just try he tried some tape this last time it'll be interesting to see how that continues for him throughout the rest of the year I doubt it affects him too much though
0: well now let's talk about our players of the week I mean this one's this one's just obvious it's, we're not even gonna I, I've got a couple I want to mention Tom Vale had a great week on the mound eight innings pitch total one hit zero ERA seven strikeouts but our player of the week no doubt about it
1: It's Nico Cavadas. You can't even pick someone else. As well as the Growlers played throughout the rest of the team, Nico, 667 batting average. He had 21 at-bats. He hit in 14 of them. He had 11 RBIs, two home runs. He walked once, only struck out three times, had three doubles. Two of those doubles were walk-off doubles. It's hard to have a better week than what Nico Cavadas just had at the plate for the Growlers. He's swinging it as well as anyone in the Northwoods League. I believe he was the player of the night twice this week throughout the Northwoods League. It's hard to have a better week than that. He was slugging over 1,000, a 1.095 slugging percentage in this week. He is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball right now. It's going to be tough for anyone in the league to get Nico Cavadas out at the moment.
0: Yeah, hitting 360 overall on the year, two home runs, 18 RBIs. Among qualified hitters in terms of the last seven days, Nico Cavadas is first by over 100 points in batting average, 667. Ahead of Robinson from Rochester, who's at 563. In terms of home runs, he might not have the most home runs in the league, as it's refreshing. He's one back at a home run lead for the week. RBIs, he is leading with 11 RBIs over the last seven days. That's three ahead of Vanderwall from Rockford, three ahead of Randa from Madison, who right now is the front runner for league MVP with the production he's giving in terms of doubles. But Nico Cavadas, what a week. If he continues, we said he was going to be a hot and cold hitter. Yeah. This is definitely a hot streak. <laughs> but if he can just do half of this during his quote-unquote cold streaks, he's going to be a dominant force in the middle of the lineup all season.
1: Long. Yeah, I mean, even if you take away half his hits, he's still hitting 300 throughout this week and still hitting for great power. And so it's one of those things where even if he can just kind of keep something going, he doesn't have to be this hot all season. If he does, that would be an historic rate. But I think at some point he's going to drop off a little, but... This stretch he's on right now, he's seeing the ball well, he's attacking pitches, whether it be curveballs, fastballs, he's been just guessing pitches right a lot, seeing the ball very well out of the pitcher's hands, and clearly is a great hitter at the plate, studies the game very well, it's clear he loves to hit. It's very obvious how much he likes to hit, and I think that it's going to continue whether it's probably not going to be the 667 batting average and slugging over 1,000, but he is going to hit for the Growlers throughout the rest of this season.
0: It's team on pace to hit 40 home runs as a team, and Cody Pajaki, the manager before the season, says, yeah, I'm not trying to get power bats in here. We tried that. Didn't work out too well. I'm just trying to get speed, be good on the base pass, get on base, and yet bringing in those type of athletes – that are speedsters, that do get on base, that are young, hungry players, has led to home runs, which is exciting. 40 home runs in a 72-game collegiate season with wood bats would be incredible.
1: Yeah, that would be really good stuff from the Growlers if they're able to get to that point. I think that the young athletic players just have natural power, and they're fast, and they're so athletic that it just happens, and they're not trying to hit the ball out of the yard with every swing. Some guys you expected a little more, say Zach Daniels, Nico Cavadas, but then other guys like Sam Faith is a home run. Jonathan Foster has a good amount of power. Ivan Johnson has developing power at the plate, so I think a lot of these guys are just such good athletes. That every swing they have a chance to take it out of the yard if they hit it solidly and put it in the, in the air. It's just just they're that strong, athletic at of play.
0: and they're not really playing on many many short porches. Really, I mean you've got the short porch in left and right at Homer Striker, but Nico Cavadas his two home runs have not been short porch shots. They've been over 350 in right center in Lakeshore, and they were over 375 in left center. Zach Daniels, I don't think that kid is capable of hitting a short porch home run. He everything he hits is gone. So I've just been impressed with the team's power. It's hard not to be impressed with this team with a 6-1 week. But let's talk about this next week moving forward. At Green Bay, Tuesday and Wednesday. So that's the day we are recording this podcast. And then home against Kenosha Thursday, Friday. And then the big one. Home against the Madison Mallards. On Saturday and Sunday, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to update those standings for you in the South Division. Madison at 15 and five, one game ahead of your Kalamazoo Growlers at 14 and six. Rockford sits two games back at 12 and eight. Then Fontenelle in the Rapids Raptors are at 11 and eight, which is three and a half back of Madison, two and a half back of the Growlers. And then it's the bottom half of the division: Lakeshore, Kenosha, Battle Creek, Green Bay, and Wisconsin all between seven and a half games and nine games back in Madison at the top of the division. We are over the halfway point in the first half of the season. About 16 games to go in this first half. Remember, the teams that win the first half in each division clinch a playoff spot. So, although we are only, what, a third of the way through the season, barely, Growlers fans are going to be seeing on Saturday and Sunday a weekend series against the Mallards Two games that I guarantee you will determine a playoff spot in the Northwoods League.
1: There's no doubt about it, and I think that that series is one in circle on the calendar right now. That series, while it's going to be a matchup of two teams likely at the top of the division, we'll see how the beginning of this week shakes out. It just feels like that's one that could determine a playoff spot. If one team is able to sweep the other, then it's likely that team's going to be the one to win this first half division. If they split, then a lot of these other games become just as important. But if I'm the Growlers, you have to continue. I know it's a cliche, but can't look past Green Bay right now. You can't be looking ahead too far to Madison. Green Bay split with Madison when those two played last, broke up that long winning streak that the Mallards had, and then Madison lost again in Battle Creek. So these teams at the bottom of the division, this is baseball. They still... Every game, there's a chance to trip you up. If a pitcher gets hot or your bats just don't show up for one game or your pitcher has a rough outing. So I think that you just need to continue to look just to Green Bay for now, and then when you get to Madison, you know that the stakes are going to be high, and you know it's time to show up and really play your best baseball for that series, but... Right now, you just got to look at Green Bay.
0: Well, you have it right. If they don't perform against Green Bay and Kenosha, the Madison series won't matter. Exactly. So I think you need a three and one or four and zero out of Green Bay and Kenosha because they have a combined record of fourteen and twenty five on the year. Green Bay and Kenosha have combined for the same amount of wins that the Growlers have on the season. You have to get three and one or four and zero out of that four game stretch to set up a good series against the Mallards. The Mallards, they're going to be playing Rockford in a home and home and then on the road against the Woodchucks, who are in the bottom half of the division, and then obviously this series at Homer Stryker Field. Rockford could give Madison some tests. Rockford, they're like, hey, we're only three games back. We're in this thing too. The Rivets might have something to say about the Mallards. That'll be an interesting series to
1: watch. That'll absolutely be an interesting series to watch. Rockford has some great pitching, some great arms at the top of that rotation that we saw shut down this potent Growlers lineup on firsthand when we went to Rockford and Saw the Rivets shut down this Growlers team, and that could be very interesting. The Mallards have the bats. If the Rivets are able to get their best arms to the mound, it's going to be an interesting series to watch as two teams in the front of this division really clash. And this is one of the first times in a while it feels like we've seen two teams at the top of the division, or really the first time that since this division is kind of spread out and separated from the top half and the bottom half, I think this is one of the first times we've really seen two of the top teams go head to head since it's separated so it's going to be definitely a series to watch that Rockford against the Madison Mallards
0: should be a lot of fun let's go ahead prediction six games this week two against Green Bay two against Kenosha two against Madison four home two road Brian your predictions for this six game stretch we said five and two and they beat us and went six and one what's your prediction this week
1: well, I think that it's likely they're gonna go three and one against Green Bay and Kenosha, and then I think that it's a split with the Mallards. I don't think either team is ready to really claim that division yet at this point. So I guess that brings me to four and two this week, which I think is still a good week and it depends on how Madison does, but you're likely keeping right pace with the Mallards in that division. So I'm looking at four and two and I think that you're just there's a possibility that you are able to win all six, but you have to be careful because you're on a six-game win streak. Streaks usually come to an end at some point here, so you just got to continue to look at Green Bay first, but then that Madison series is the key series if they're able to get through Green Bay and Kenosha relatively unscathed.
0: So You and I are thinking on the same wavelength. It's just hard to see them winning. It's so hard for any baseball team to win 10 straight. They are better than Green Bay. They are better than Kenosha, but there are some real baseball players on both of those ball clubs I think they're going to go three and one in that stretch. I don't know when the loss happens, but I think three and one in that stretch will be interesting to see how the whole league reacts to the league-wide off day yesterday. And then I think you split against the Mallards. It's hard to ask more against a first-place team. But hey, a four and two week, you're sitting at eighteen and eight you're in very good position. Madison's got a tough series against Rockford. 18-8, and eight, you could be in first place by the end of the week with that record.
1: No doubt about it. That's a very good record throughout one half or most of one half of a season. And I think that if you told Cody Pachaki that that's their record, because before the season, he was looking at this team winning the second half. He was expecting these guys to come in and have a little bit of a slow start. And I think that they've exceeded his expectations right now. It would be a exceptional if they could win this first half and he would be very happy with that 18-8 and record because if you can win that first half then it's a little bit more relaxing in the second half of baseball you're not going through that same grind as every other team you know you're already in the playoffs just getting yourself ready for those playoffs so I think that that first half is such a major key to win and just help you out the rest of the season
0: would be huge if the Growlers were able to pull that off we will have one more podcast before the first half is decided Brian will have an edition of the podcast later in this week which will be a one-on-one interview with we'll keep that a surprise we don't want to (laughs) let you know what that is going to be but Brian my last question for you before we wrap it up is this the biggest week of the season
1: I think at this point every week is the biggest week of the season you just got to take it one week at a time I think the Madison series makes it bigger than normal and the fact that These two teams are right there in that division, but I think that coming into last week, we knew they played the Rapids Rafters, who were at the top of the division at the time, and then they are able to sweep the Rapids Rafters. So last week, going into the week, that was the biggest week of the season. And so I think you just continue to play one game at a time. It's hard to put that much value on just one week, but I think that that Madison series right now is the biggest series they will have faced so far, assuming they're able to make it through Green Bay and Kenosha at 3-1, and 4-0. Even 2-2, and you're still within striking distance of the Mallards in the first half, but that really makes that Mallard series very important if that ends up coming out that way. I think it is a huge week, but I think these growlers are playing as well as anyone in the Northwoods league.
0: They are really, really good. They are fun to watch. Come out to Homer Striker Field Thursday through Sunday. Those are all going to be important games. This team is fun, I guarantee you. They've got two games at Green Bay on the road, though. If you want to listen to those, MixLR.com backslash KZU dash Growlers. Listen to Brian. I bring you all the action in those games. Be on the lookout later this week for an interview one-on-one. Brian's going to pick out whoever is having a great week, or maybe a coach. We will see. This is a lot of fun. This team is a lot of fun. We're having a great time, and we hope you are having a great time being Growlers fans as well. 14-6 and 6 are the Kalamazoo Growlers. This is going to be a lot of fun. I say fun because that's what this team relies on. Thank you so much for listening to Growler Talk for Brian McLaughlin. I'm Lucas Moore. We will see you next week, same time, to hopefully break down... Another successful week of Growlers Baseball.